Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello, welcome to Toffee TV. This is the Toffee TV Everton podcast. This is another Nedcam podcast, and today we are doing it live in the flesh. Cameron is in the studio today. How are you? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. Yourself? And I'm not too bad, to be honest. <laughs> it's been been worse. It's been a recording this on a Tuesday, so we've had a bit of time to um, cry, yeah, digest, be angry, and just generally get over it. Because I think. I think you said before, we're just fed up with everything now, aren't yeah. we? Fed up with football. What, what's the point anymore? That's it. What was your... We'll start with before the game. <laughs> obviously, the team news were the same as against Arsenal. Yeah. And then, obviously, Hammers going out injured again, which is it's fair enough. We said before, he wouldn't be here without his injuries, so he might as well just get on with it. But would, what what was your thoughts on the lineup? Would you have kept the same... Um, as the lineup against Arsenal, which he did, or would you have thrown Mina in there, maybe? I personally would have put Mina in there, but obviously I understand that Holgate and Godfrey, you know, both performed well against Arsenal, to be fair. I mean, that Arsenal game, we spoke about it last week, and you hit the nail on the head saying it was a nil-nil that ended 1-0, and Arsenal didn't have much going forward, so it wasn't yeah. like Mina and Holgate were put under immense amounts of pressure for the entirety of that game, but they'd done what they needed to do, and they'd done it well. Certainly Mason Holgate, who I thought was much more improved than his previous performance against Tottenham, where he was, um, you know, him and Michael Keane had a little bit of a calamity, didn't he? But mm-hmm. again, it, no, it's, it's easy to say, isn't it, in hindsight, that you'd have put Yeri Mina in there because Yeri Mina is, is a better centre-back, certainly, than Mason Holgate. But I think the more worrying thing for me, mate, is that he sat and watched Mason Holgate for mm-hmm. more than 20 minutes and still didn't take yeah. the decision to take him off. I know it's ruthless and I understand the whole, oh, you don't want to embarrass him or you don't want to make a show, but ultimately it's, it's not about that. It's about winning football matches and doing what you've got to do to to win games especially at this point in the season with six games to go so personally I didn't have too much of an issue with Holgate and Godfrey starting at centre-back I have more of an issue with the fact that you could clearly see after 15-20 minutes that Holgate was being ran ragged by Ollie Watkins and he didn't make the change the hammer stuff It's just Everton, isn't it, really? You, you sort of, again, I obviously was on the social media blackout, so I didn't see the team news until about 10 minutes before the game, sat yeah. down in front of BT. I seen it on, on my phone, the Everton app, told, and I thought, yeah, you know, same team, Hammers in there, decent, hopefully go out and get something. And then I sat down and I just heard Hammers Rodriguez has picked up a knock in the warm-up and is going to be replaced with Alex Iwobi. and So it's just turned to me dad and felt like saying, what decent films are on Netflix? Because I just knew from that point on that was going to set the stall out for the rest of the game. And... It did really. It was it was shocking, wasn't it? I I think it's the worst defensive performance of the season. Mate, we just got absolutely ram ragged. Do you think Iwobi was the right man to go in there? Because obviously the, the, we changed the system. Um, Richardson went out wide. It was Sigerson behind the striker, and Iwobi yeah. went on the right. Would you would do you think that was the right change, or would you would have maybe put King in there and gone to a four three a, a flat front three, or would you maybe put Tom Davies in there and? St- uh, Play that narrow formation three in the middle with Sigurdsson behind the strikers. Um, I'd rather have seen Josh King in there to be honest. I'd rather have seen Tom Davis yeah. over the over the two because, to be honest, I think Tom Davis should have come on for Andre Gomez. Mm. Why Fabian Delft's coming on when you're looking for a winning goal is just absolutely beyond me. Um, the problem with that midfield has been the problem with the midfield for the majority of this season and for the last 20 years of my life it's just just simply no mobility in it whatsoever Alan yeah. is a good footballer he gets back he does his job and I feel a bit for Alan because <clears throat> you know he's come in this summer obviously with Abdelai Decore and probably has sort of thought well he'll do me running a little bit and I'll only have to do the breaking up and now obviously Decore's gone out injured so Alan sort of got to fit in and do a little bit more but Gomez, Sigurdsson, Awobi just, there's just not enough mobility there's not enough movement so I would have liked to have gone for Josh King, but when you're searching for a winner against Aston Villa and Josh King's still only getting three minutes at the end of the game, it just shows what yeah. what's thought of him really, isn't it? And and it's not much. I don't think he'll be an Everton player in the summer. I don't think Carlo Ancelotti really rates him. And look, ultimately, Alex Iwobi's moaned about playing in his preferred position before and he said yeah. that playing on the right isn't his preferred position and I think you could see that again. Let's, we'll talk about the subs later, but let's talk about the first goal. A typical... <laughs> 
success of her own downfall, <coughs> Everton goal, isn't it, to be honest? Yeah. We've seen yeah. many goals like it in the past, and it's a game where it's an important game where we, you know, we win, we go, you can get into that top six, and it's a big chance to get into Europe. Other teams have dropped points around us. What I still can't get my head around it. I'm not a coach, right? Yeah. But the the position of the midfielders, Gomez had a, more than enough space to get into his feet and turn on his first touch and get yeah. a pass forward. Yeah. I know it's Gomez, but more likely that he would have took a touch or three touches, yeah. gone nowhere and played it back anyway. But what, have you managed to get your head around? Because I certainly haven't. Why Holgate felt the need to <coughs> wait 30 seconds and then turn and try and go backwards, which no. I don't understand what he was planning on doing. No, it's uh, it's shocking, mate, to be honest mm. with you. And, and the way, what's worse is the fact that he'd done it two minutes before and got away with yeah. it. Ollie yeah. Watkins done the same thing. He got on him, he put pressure on him, he knocked into him, and he barely got the pass to Godfrey. And defenders make mistakes, goalkeepers make mistakes, midfielders make mistakes, and <clears throat> if they sit there afterwards and they go, oh, I got away with one there, I won't do that again. Then you think, do you know what? Fair enough, we wouldn't be here talking about it, but he doesn't. Yeah. Two minutes later, three minutes later, he makes the exact same mistake as that he made that he just got away with. And I see I've seen some people on social media over the last obviously few hours or so, um, you know, highlighting the Holgate situation and a couple of people defending him saying, Yeah, but to be fair, Andre Gomez isn't isn't likely gonna turn with the ball or do anything with the ball. Well, why is he on the pitch then? If he can't if you're looking at mm. that situation and that still frame and saying, Yeah, but you don't want to pass the Gomez because he's not gonna turn with it, what's the point in having him there? He may as well not be on the pitch. My the the, the player I um noticed more so was Luca Dean. Luca Dean standing with mm. space in abundance, he, you know, can turn on his left, can get down the wing or can play a ball. Yeah. I just, like I said, the most worrying thing about it, mate, for me, was the fact that it happened two minutes before and he got away with it and he just mm. didn't learn his lesson. If you make a mistake, you make a mistake and that's fine, but to make the same mistake two minutes later when you know, right, Ollie Watkins is going to put pressure on me here, he's done it then, he's going to, he's going to clatter into me and he's going to want to win the ball, so I won't dilly-dally about with it. It's just, it's, it's, Amateur, mate. It's really... If it, we put it this way, if me and you were playing on a Sunday afternoon down the park with a load of random fellas, Sunday league, and you made that mistake and then done it again two minutes later, everyone, or I did, everyone would be looking at us going, what are you doing there? You've just done the same thing and got caught out. What are you playing I at? I mean, you, you say that, well, I'd, I'd, I'd be on the bench. <laughs> I'd start on the bench. I wouldn't get on the pitch. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd probably be the same, to be fair, mate. I definitely uh, definitely wouldn't be making those mistakes now when you're messing it's, up crap. It's just the... It, <laughs> It's it's just it baffles me, and it's probably because they are Premier League players. But how <laughs> Premier League players can be so thick? Do you think it's because yeah. they've never been? Because you know, they've always been looked after. They never had to really like, fight in a rough, dirty league or like, a battle. Do you, but with the Holgate thing, do you think it was cockiness or over over arrogance or overconfidence, or do you think he panics and? Just... I- I think he's a little bit like we used to talk about Jordan Pickford a couple of years ago. Have you ever watched yeah. Beyond Scared Street? The program where it's in America and they send the, the, yeah they send the kids they send into the jail, kids into the jails and yeah the, and the, the, the men are like oh yeah. you fool and, and they're the like if you go. carry on this is what you're gonna be yeah. and there's always the one kid in mm. there who just bursts out laughing and is dead smiling but afterwards he has mm. an interview when he bursts into tears and he says I'm, I didn't find it funny I wasn't laughing yeah. I was just nervous and that's how I deal with it I'm sorry mum yeah exactly yeah. that's what I think. We sort of, because of what our Mason is and the with the Chewy and all of that, I think we think, oh yeah, he's dead cocky, he's dead arrogant, he's overconfident. But I actually think he's quite underconfident in himself. I think he's he's a little bit uncomfortable on the ball, and that's what I think it was. I think he just panicked. He didn't know what to do. And for all that, we we can you know we sit here and we yeah. say he had 20, 30 seconds to make his decision. He probably felt like, oh my god, I've only got two mm. seconds here. What am I doing? I'm turning with it. He's probably thinking in the back of his mind. Two minutes ago, this player was you know Watkins was straight on me, so he's going to do it again. I just I just think, I just think there's, there's, there's too many players, and there seems to be too many players at the moment who would just panic in key moments. Mason's done it there. Dominic Calvert-Lewin's done it over the last yeah. few weeks where he's got into good areas, and he, it's just been, I just need to hit the ball. Not, I'm going to look up and I'm going to kill it, or I'm going to put it past the keeper. It's just, let me just hit it with my foot and hope where it goes. Awobi does it. I just, I don't know. I don't think there's enough composure in this team, if I'm being honest. I really don't. I was going to say that I think one of our biggest problems, certainly at home this season, is the lack of discipline and lack yeah. of composure, especially on the ball players, players like Gomez. Yeah. It's almost as if Gomez is so surprised when there's a player running at him. Yeah. It's like, far too slow as well. But the frustrating thing for me was we got, mm-hmm. we've got a big number nine there who's brilliant. He wins all his aerial battles. Big number nine. He's brilliant at holding up the ball. He's got... Players like Richarlison playing off, Richarlison making runs in behind, playing off him. Sigurdsson's not too far away from him. 
And we're constantly trying to play. We start goal kicks with two defenders in our um, two centre backs in our box. I know it's the modern the modern game, but I really don't understand the playing out of the back, especially when you're not got the quality yeah. and your players are too slow. And you look at games. <clears throat> obviously, you look at game on Saturday. Every time you see every time we're losing the ball in our own half. Yeah. We were going out. We were going out for a throw. And we just couldn't get the ball out of our own half. But like, look how many goals this season we've just like like the what the one um, Dom scored. It come from just launching the ball yeah. up front. We got a, a a corner from it. Get the ball up to Dom and yeah. he'll win it. We've seen games against United at home where we just lo- kept trying to play at the back. We were creating nothing. Played a long ball up to Dom and he flicked it onto Bernard and we scored. Yeah. Why why don't we've got a big number nine who's brilliant at holding the ball? Why don't we use him? Why don't we keep playing out trying to play out the back? Yeah. But we've not got the players who we've not got the quality to do that. They're far too slow on the ball. They panic and they try and do Cruyff turns and it ends up going out for a th- for um. For throw it for throwing, and we've got a keeper there who's, who's yeah. Whether you like him or not, he's 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 brilliant kicking, isn't he? His yeah. distribution's really good. He made eleven long balls um, on Saturday. So while we spent the first 10, 20, 30 minutes trying to play out the back, God knows why. But if it wasn't for Jordan, it'd have been four, five, yeah, yeah. six, one on, on Saturday. Game, and yeah. you know, Aston Villa were, were very you know good money for their for their result. He turned up. They had chance after chance after chance. Barkley mm-hmm. at the post. I talked in, in our stream earlier on about the Barkley situation, mm-hmm. and he just picks it up and just moves with it. Seen it. We seen it yesterday in the West Ham game. Jared Bowen picked the ball up, took three players on, and moved forward and won a foul in a dangerous area. Mm-hmm. And I said on on Twitter this, this morning what I'd give to have a player who just picks the ball up and just runs forward Direct, every yeah. time we get the ball. It just seems like the players can't move with it. They've got to do whatever they want to do. Standing still, they can't move forward. Mm-hmm. They can't take a couple of players on he can't get it to a decent you know um position in the pitch and there's, there's a lot of issues in this team mate and to be honest I think I think lack of quality is, is one that we talk about a lot there's been games this season where Everton have had 20-30% possession and, and look that tactic Carlo Ancelotti employed that tactic a lot of times where we defend and we hit teams on the counter-attack but there's been a lot of times when we've had the City game was a prime example of this, and I'm not saying that we'd have beaten City even on our best day, but yeah. we we must have seen the ball a handful of times in each half. We must have had about, what, 26% possession mm-hmm. or something like that. But when we had the ball, we were just lumping it back forward to them. It was like they had the ball consistently for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. We got it back, and it was like, instead of keeping it or passing it round or making smart moves, it was just like, right, we'll get it straight back and we'll give it straight back to them, or we'll mm-hmm. kick it out for a throw-in and they can get it back. There's just... There's not enough composure. There's not enough confidence. And Carlo keeps saying that this team believes in themselves and they've got the bravery and they've got the spirit to finish in European competitions. But no quality, we're not though. seeing that. We're, we're not seeing that. We're not seeing the quality on the pitch. And it'll be all good when we t- if we turn up on Sunday. And, and I don't think we will because I'm not confident. But if we turn up on Sunday and beat West Ham, it'll be great because we'll all be sitting here saying, oh, we're three points behind the, the top six now. We're two points behind Liverpool or whatever, whatever. But it doesn't matter if you're always going to be two points, three points behind. So Because at the end of the season, we'll finish two, three points behind, which means nothing. Every time mm. we can have that opportunity to take a, a step ahead, for example, we'd have been above Liverpool lot this weekend. Their game got, obviously, uh, postponed because of the, um, you know, the, the fans on the pitch and stuff. So we'd have gone above them and stayed above them for the entire week. We'd have been within the top six. We could have put real pressure on yeah. West Ham ahead of Sunday's game. But every time it comes to taking that next step forward, it's like it's two steps back. And Bottle it. Yeah, exactly. And that's been an issue with Everton for years. And, and that's my... Ultimately, it's it's frustrating because we sat here at this point last season when, obviously, football returned after the lockdown. And we all said, right, Carlo needs a summer. He's going to bring his own players in. You know, because I remember... I think it was two, the second game after the, the football returned, after the lockdown, after the derby, we all said there might be a potential fight for Europe here. We, we get a good um, run of games, good run of wins on the um, on the trot. We could potentially finish in a European position. We didn't. We felt a bit. We lost 3-2-3. We and we all sort of sat there and went, well, oh, well, it's, this, is the, this is a squad that you know isn't good enough. It needs quality. It needs investment. It just frustrates me so much that we're pretty much sitting here saying the same thing now. And I know Hamas didn't play on Saturday and I know Decore didn't play on Saturday. But I seen a um one of the lads on, on Twitter put a team sheet in of, of Everton versus Manchester City at the Etihad in two thousand and eighteen, mm-hmm. December, and barring one or two players, it was the same team that played on Saturday. That's well, it, three years now. It just enough. shows how poor the recruitment is. Not not just since basically Mashiri took over, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. There shouldn't be a situation where you have to rely on one or two players being in the squad, and that's your excuse <clears> if they're not. Yeah. They should. If Hamez goes out the side, then there should be a like for like young hungry player who can come yeah. in and do the same job. Same with Decore. 
exactly. It's just, I mean, you're on about, we were talking about battling it before, but getting chances to go up the, up the table. It's games like Villa, Newcastle, Burnley, <coughs> Palace, we didn't take our chances. Um, God, no, West Ham, Andy Moore is the um, Burnley, Le- Le- Leeds. Amount of games, we just bottled yeah. it. And then it seems like after every, every one of those games, Social media posts, oh, from the players, oh, we'll do better next time. We know yeah. we have to, we know we have to do better, or we'll, yeah, we'll fight next time. We've got a big fight in our hands. Oh yeah, we want Europe. They might show, they might show a bit of braving and a bit of fight, but I generally don't. I generally just don't think they've got the quality. Yeah. Or the brains. I don't really. I really think this is a, a thick team that's just not got the quality. Well, you look at you look at the games we've lost this season. Manchester City, just for reference, have lost four games this season. Now Everton have. The game you look at games that Everton have lost to teams that I'm not saying you accept losing against, but teams that you think yeah they've mm. got quality. So we've lost to City, sound no big issue with that. One of the best teams in in Europe. You're probably going to play in a Champions League final as long as they get through tonight. Manchester United again step ahead, much better than us. Chelsea away a couple of weeks ago, even with our away record, they were very uh, resilient, good, strong team, and hadn't lost at that point in a month and a half since Tuchel has been there. That's three teams we've lost to this season that you'd say, and okay, we'll throw West Ham in there for argument's sake because they're having a good season. Four teams have lost to that you go, do you know what? In the grand scheme of things, it's not the end of the world. Every other game we've lost this season has been to sides that you were going into the game expecting yeah. to win. And this is the issue with Everton is if we, okay, take two or three of those games, you might lose games that you don't expect to lose, a couple of them a season. That's sad. We'd still have less losses than Leicester and still be right in that race for top three or four, never mind top six. So if we'd have won the majority, even half of those games mm. that we went into thinking, yeah, we should win here, we'd be comfortably sat in the top six. Top and four, it'd be a maybe. Real, yeah, top yeah. four, and it'd be a real fight. If we'd have won them all, we'd be challenging City for the league. Yeah. Not saying we would have, but and, and that's, that's the issue is that we're not sitting here saying, you know, we beat Liverpool away from home at Anfield first time in 22 years. We haven't lost to Spurs all season. Beat them away, drew with them at Goodison, drew with Man United at Old Trafford, beat Chelsea at home, beat Arsenal twice. The top teams in the league. It's the super elite the teams. The super elite teams, yeah. The big, super greedy six. We've done well against all season, except the three I mentioned before, which again, isn't the end of the world. We lost to teams that have got more quality than us. Every other game we've lost to, uh, this season has been sad that... We all sit here after it and go, what's happened there then? Well, How have th- we done that? I think this has been our best away record yeah. in the Premier League. Yeah. Or any uh, ever, I think, isn't it? Or one of them. But also <clears> one <throat> of the one of the worst home, home records. records. I, don't know, I know fa- fans come into it, of course. Obviously, it probably won't be the same if fans are in the stadium, will it? Won't, will it? But when you're seeing the same consistent crap every week at home, one win since <laughs> December at home, three since October. Yeah. When you see the same crap at home all the time, not really any improvement, it's so worrying. And I just think, what what did you make of that? I was going to touch on the subs because I think there's some of the subs uh, this year have been poor, and I'm, that, yeah. that's possibly yeah, probably down to Ancelotti. I know the bench has been pretty crap all season because there's just lack of the quality in the, in the side and, and and plus injuries. What did you make on the on the substitutions on Saturday? Uh, I thought they were poor again, to be honest with you. I think, look, I sympathise a lot with Carlo Ancelotti. This is the worst squad of players he's ever inherited in his footballing career. And I understand that. And like you said, I get that when he's looking at his bench. It's not like he's got a lot of quality to pick from. It's not like when you look at City's bench and they've got whale beater after whale beater. So I get it. But for me, there's been a number of times this season in which Carlo Ancelotti has made substitutions that just baffle you and, and, and make you scratch your head. Bringing Fabian Delphon at one all when you're searching for a winner is just an absolute nonsense for me. Bring Fabian Delphon when you're 2-1 up or you're 3-1 up and you need to secure a game out. The thing I'll say about Delph is he had the right socks on. At yeah, least, well, yeah. Which was, at least for a start. Yeah. Probably... That, that I still can't get over that, mate, to be honest mm. with you. I t- can't believe a professional footballer ran onto a pitch in the wrong kit. How is mm. that even possible? But even Tom Davis, who you wouldn't necessarily say is a game winner or a player that's going to win you the game, I'd class Tom Davis in a similar sort of category to Delph in terms of that if you're bringing them on, you're usually typically bringing them on to see how to win. You're, you're up 2-1 up, 3-1 up, and you're bringing them on to just make it hard, make it gritty, and see how to win. 
in this situation, I'd rather have seen Tom Davis than Fabian Delph because at least he'd have got about a little bit more, he'd have put himself about, he'd mm. have had a little bit more energy. He hasn't got as much energy as somebody like a Decore, and we know that bringing in a, a replacement for Decore or somebody a little bit like for like is a necessity for me in the summer. You've got yeah. right back, right winger, and then that type of player centre midfielder is it's not even a, a question, it's got to be done in the summer because we simply can't go into next season relying on Abdelaide Decore being fit for 38 games because when he's not in there, our midfield is static, it's absolutely static. Um, but at least Tom had to come on and thrown his weight about a little bit. Not saying he's an attacking player, he wouldn't have scored, he might necessarily have scored, but he'd have done a little bit more. I think when Fabian Delph come on, he was being a little bit cautious, to be honest. I think he just thought, don't do anything stupid, don't make any mistakes, just keep it normal, keep it calm. And that's, like I said, that's boss if you're winning and you just need a professional player to come and uh, show the game out. We didn't need that. The Josh King situation baffles me, to be honest. It yeah. absolutely baffles me. If you're going to bring him on for three minutes at the end, don't bother. But then Josh King comes on and has a chance where the whole Aston Villa defence back off him and he's got the ball on the edge of the box and he, he drags it wide. He doesn't even get it on target. He, he must be so bad in, in training, mustn't he? To not even I mean. get a look in. That's what I mean. You, 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 it's one all at Goodison Park. You're playing a decent Aston Villa side, you know, respecting them, they're a decent side, but a team that you should be beating and you should expect to be beating. It's a massive game in regards to the fight for Europe. You've got five or six games to go and you're bringing a central midfielder on who you know isn't going to create anything or score anything before you're bringing on your attacking option that was brought in in January to give us a little bit more. It just shows how unconfident that Everton and Carlo Ancelotti must be in, in Josh King's ability because yeah. he hasn't started the game. And let's be honest, I hasn't. When was the? Has he ever come on for more than fifteen minutes as a sub? I think that maybe against um, was it Leeds his debut? Or was it Leicester? I can't remember. It was Avalie. Just... It was it was an away game. I think it was at Ellen Road, and he came on for I think he came on for about thirteen minutes, and then. Other than that, it's been ten five yeah. minutes every time. And Two minutes at the end of the I, game. I was had enough to, you know, to make a decision. So he must be bad in training. But to, I, I, I'm I'm sick of watching him all. Being honest, to be honest, I know a few people said he had a, he had a good game on Saturday, but it's really making a couple runs backwards or making nice little cute passes, and then a shot that went thirty yards wide. Is that really enough for for an Everton winger? Yeah, just, I, because, just because he's not as bad as the other ones, is that <laughs> enough for you? That's it. That's it. And, and you've just hit the nail on the head. Then it's, it's because he's not as bad as the others. At, listen, Alex Awobi, typically and, and on, on Saturday included, when he's got the ball at his feet, he's a, he's a tricky footballer. He gets himself mm. out. He's got good footwork. His passing is is fifty fifty. He made a couple of decent passes. He made one to Dom, and Dom just completely messed up the touch. But it, and then sometimes he, um, you know, he doesn't make the passes. Is Delivery into the box is shocking for a winger. Absolutely shocking. He gets, mm. Yeah, I think yeah. he's a little bit like Dom. To be honest, his composure is is, is nothing. It's, 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 it's his it's his body when he when he kicks yeah. the ball. He's, he's leaning back. Lean, lean backs and he opens his legs up. He, Every he shot can't, he can't whip over the, ball, the bar. Can he? Exactly. Yeah. Every cross is at the defender's feet. Which is which is ironic because every time he tries to cross it and you want him to get a bit of height on it, he doesn't. And every time you want him to shoot with no height, mm. it ends up in Rose head. Um, but I just, for me with Alex Awobi, mate, I just again same as the centre, the midfielders. He doesn't move enough. He does the mm. nice footwork with his feet. He plays the pass off, and then it's almost like he just stands there and goes right. That's that I'll slows it that. down. That's me done. Then instead of going right now, I'll make a move into there or I'll go beyond him and I want to receive it back. He does his work and then he just stands and watches and he, he's always just yeah. sort of standing and watching and look, again, maybe he just hasn't got the football and intelligence like you mentioned before, the quali you know, quality of player. When you talk about a quality footballer and a world-class footballer, you look at your Javis, of the, I'm just going to name world-class examples here, not examples that would play for Everton, but your Javis, your Iniestas, your um, Tony Cruises, your this, that and the other. Mm. These aren't just top quality footballers with the ball at their feet technically, but they're also up here. Their football mm. and brain is beyond anything. Lionel Messi's football David, and brain. David Silva. David Silva. David Silva. It was so hard to mark, wasn't it? Exactly. And stay on it's it. not just about. You can make accompaniments for players that mightn't have a lot of pace or mightn't do a lot of movement if their football and brain is absolutely exceptional mm. and technically they're unbelievable. If Javi, uh, Andres Iniesta, for probably the last three seasons of his career at Barcelona, barely moved, but he was still mm. 8, 9 out of 10 every week. The problem is with Everton is we've got these players that barely move, but also don't have that seem like they have that football and intellect to get away with not doing that movement and get yeah. away with not taking that man on or getting beyond them or making that ball-busting run. So 
I, I don't know. With Alex Awobi, like I said, technically with the ball at his feet, and I, I, I have this conversation all the time, mate. We spoke about it last week. Andre Gomez, if you give him a ball and stood 10 yards away, you'd probably go, he's a decent football in him. Sigurdsson mm. the same, uh, Awobi the same, but if you charged at him, he'd flap it, as proven in, on multiple occasions. Yeah, listen, they're a, they're a squad of good, individually good players, but they're not in the not in the right team, are they? If you've yeah. got a, a, a squad with... Hames and Sigurdsson and Gomez and they're all in the same team together don't we those players would be great on their own with yeah. players like runners around them Iwobi would be good in a team with with other players that run and play, play the two all the time yeah. sort of movement but we've the rest got of them, all of them players in yeah, one team yeah in one team and it doesn't work because they're all too slow and they're not disciplined enough and yeah. I just put in the qualities there but you, know, you mentioned transfers before I think you mentioned the right winger we spoke about transfers before on the podcast, but obviously there's been some big, strong links in the past week or or two. Obviously, there's been. Um, well, we'll start with we'll start with one room, which is not transfer, but it's a a, a possible um, contract signing of James Rodriguez, a possible extension. We spoke about it last week yeah. on the news daily. We haven't really covered it, but do you think that's what? What do you think a new contract for James can bring to the club? Um, I, look, I, I obviously when Hamas signed, he signed on a two-year deal with the option to extend for the third, and <clears throat> I think he will extend for the third. I think Carlo Ancelotti seems to believe that he's happy. I think Everton are happy with him. The issue is with Hamas is we knew when he coming in the summer that when he plays, he's going to be absolutely exceptional, and he has been. It's not like we're sitting here, and this is ironic because the player I'm about to mention scored at Attic at the weekend, but it's not like we're sitting here and talking about like a Gareth Bale who has had a lot of chances for Spurs this season and not really done a lot yeah. in the majority of his games. Okay, he scored an Attic the other day, but barring mm. that, most of the time he's been bang average. Hammers when he's on that pitch for Everton. Some of the best creating, numbers. Exactly, the, some of the best numbers in probably in, in a long time for, for individual players at Everton Football Club. His creativity is, is unbelievable. His goals that he's scored, he's scoring goals, he's assisting, he's playing players in. The amount of... The, if Dominic Calvert-Lewin was composed in front of goal and probably yeah. is the same with a, a couple of other players, Richarlison, Hammers would probably have two, three times the amount of assists that he's mm. currently got. The issue, obviously, is, <clears throat> is the injuries, which we knew coming into the club that he was going to have a lot of injuries the one the other day was frustrating because obviously when you pick up an injury in, in pre-match yeah. training it's not looking good um, but look ultimately again like you said it's okay to have a James Rodriguez in your team if everybody else is, is energy and everybody else's intensity makes up for the fact that he might not have that much intensity because his quality makes up for everybody else's lack of quality but you can't have four, five, six Hammers Rodriguez in your team and that's what Everton have got only that the other players aren't as good as Hammers Rodriguez quality wise yeah. they just you know in terms of energy and stuff they don't bring that either so listen I, I think I think he will sign um, and it'll be It'll be good, hopefully, but we need to fill. Well, it will be good, but we need to fill the rest of the squad and the rest of the team with players that benefit Hammers, that can run around them, that can do the work rate, and to unleash the best of Hammers. Exactly, exactly. And like I said, I think he's happy. I think the club are happy with him. His numbers are are very good. Yes, when he's injured, it's frustrating, and I get that. And it's frustrating when he's in the starting eleven, and then it comes to the game, and he's not starting. I understand that. I do. But I think what we also have to realise is we all sat here in the summer when he signed and and sort of said to ourselves, "This is a lad." who hasn't played consistent football for two or three years so mm, if he yeah. plays six or seven games on the bounce at the start of the season don't be surprised if he gets an injury what happened he played six or seven games on the bounce at the start mm, yeah. of the season he got an injury because at Real Madrid he wasn't playing Bayern Munich obviously Bayern Munich a few years ago was probably the last time he really consistently played so the hope is that you know, after he recovers from this current calf injury, that he can you know start to get a little bit of fitness, and the fact he's played a lot this season going into next season will benefit him a little bit more. But he probably is going to continue to pick up injuries, but his quality is is like I said, it's, it's better than anybody else in the in the, the yeah. club in it by by quite a significant amount. Absolutely, so. and just imagine what he can do with it when he can pick up the ball in the in a bit of space outside yeah. the box, and he's got a right, a right back going there. Left back going there, and the right winger going there, left wing going there, and then striker in the middle of the box. Yeah. But obviously, another rumor we've been uh, we've been seeing quite a lot, and obviously it's each of their own what your opinion is. But Philippe Coutinho, and I've seen a lot of fans get really excited about it. It rumored to be forty million. Obviously, they want money because they need to get out of trouble, and they spent a lot of money on him. Yeah, but if we go out, this is my opinion, by the way. Um. If we go out and spend £40 million 
on another 29-year-old player who's not like, he's just another technical good player, isn't he? He's not fast or anything. He's not young, he's not hungry. Injured ca- Exactly, he doesn't care about Everton. If we go to spend 40 million on him, and Leicester are going picking up James Justin's for nothing, or we could easily just go and get another two Godfrey's, not, I'm not saying centre-back, but two young, yeah. athletic, yeah. hungry players for 15, 20 million each, and we go and waste 40 million on Coutinho. And then we don't bring a young, hungry winger and a young, hungry striker or a young, hungry right back like the likes yeah. of Aaron's or Riddle Baku or whatever. I'll be, I'll be, I'll really be done with the club to be honest. I'll be fuming because it's just a, a really poor recruitment. Yeah, I echo exactly what you've just said, mate. There was three rumours I, I seen like last night, well early, early this morning, jumping back onto Twitter, yeah. and it was Sergio Aguero, Philippe Coutinho, and Ivan Tony. And mm. out of those three. I would much rather have Ivan Tony than the other two, yeah. to be honest with you. The Coutinho stuff for me, and I'm not just saying this because uh, I completely agree with, with Matt, nothing to do with his connection to Liverpool. Is Philippe Coutinho a good footballer? Yeah, he is. Technically, yeah. he's a very good footballer. Seven years ago. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. 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 He's, he's a very good footballer. He's got Premier League experience, and, and yeah, that's all brilliant. But as Matt said, 29 years old, um, it had, had constant injuries over the last sort of couple of years or so. Still got the ability in the odd game. We saw that in the Champions League semi-final, was it last year, uh, against Barcelona for Bayern Munich. You know, good, good player, but he's going to be a good, good player that comes in for £40 million, that gets paid probably 150 grand a week and might play 15 times in a season. Yeah. It's exactly what we don't need at, at Everton at the moment. Hammers has worked, but we've also seen... The flip side of fans being frustrated with Hammers through his injuries and how much he's mm. getting paid and the fact that, you know, he, he spends six weeks out injured, he plays once to miss five games. That's exactly what we'd be getting if we brought in Philippe Coutinho. It's exactly what we'd be getting if we brought in Sergio Aguero. Is he one of the best strikers mm. to ever grace the Premier League? Absolutely, he's a legend of the Premier League. He's brilliant. And if he plays seven times, he'll probably score ten goals. But that's the point. He's only going to play seven times because he'll spend the rest of the time out injured. He's coming to the end of his career. Philippe Coutinho, I think it's his agents throwing his name about to try and get him a move to the Premier yeah, League. Possibly. Steer away from those types of players. As Matt said, they're not coming in with any hunger. Mm. They're not coming in with any sort of passion and, and any sort of drive for their career because they've been there. Philippe Coutinho's won a Champions League. He's won, um, I think he's won, has he won La Liga with Barcelona? He's been there. He's won what he's needed to win. He's not coming to Everton to go, right, I want to turn the Everton team into a Champions League winning team. He's coming to Everton probably thinking, I'll get over 100 grand a week. I'll spend the majority of the time on the um, on the fitness bench or on the fitness table, whatever, and I'll have a, a cushy time. I'll turn up once every now and then and I'll put in a half-decent performance and that'll be enough. It's not enough recruitment-wise. It's really, really not enough. Mm. Look at Ivan Tony, For example, not saying Everton will sign Ivan Tony. 40 goal contributions in 44 games for Brentford this season. 30 goals, 10 assists. That's exactly what we need in a player. Yes, he hasn't got the Premier League experience. Yes, he's not the name that Coutinho is or Aguero is, but he's a, he's 25 years old, so he's mm. still young and near enough, you know, not even in the prime of his career. He's certainly certainly hungry, isn't he, for exactly. the Championship? He's he wants the moves to the Premier League and he wanted, like you said, he wants the point to, wants the point to prove they can do it in the Premier League exactly. also. Well, I think the Mkutinio thing is, we've seen players like Kula Bali as well. We cannot spend money on, especially Kula Bali would be like 50, 60 million, maybe yeah. in 70 million pounds uh, signing for a 29, 30-year-old. Yeah. Coutinho and Kula Bali aren't the player profiles that we need. They're not... Yeah. They're not um, not needed in the. I'm trying to think. No, of, they're not. What's the word? They're not. Um, they're not necessity. They're, they're not a necessity. Yeah. Um, obviously, we need a right back. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah. If you if you want to get the best out of Hammers, then you need a right back. You need a you need a proper winger. You need some runners. You need a sense. You need a proper uh, centre midfielder. But I think looking at right back, um, obviously there's been links to um, Aaron's with Tottenham West Ham as, as well recently. Obviously, they yeah. probably joined the battle. Might be just rumours, but. Obviously, he's a good player, so I can't imagine there'll be clubs going after him. But do you think he's the best option? Obviously, this rumours about um, he, he want thirty million. Maybe we probably might be uh, be able to get him for less. But do you think he's the best option, or do you look at players like Riddle Baku, who's a bit more versatile, um, might offer a bit more going forward? Obviously, Aaron's got the, probably the best attacking right back numbers in in Europe yeah. in terms of, like touches in the box and stuff. But who would be your perfect right back? It's di- it's difficult. I'd say I'd say Aaron's. It's difficult to say with best option because I remember when we signed Luca Dean and I just I thought I knew of Luca Dean. Obviously, I knew his quality, but I thought I didn't see that one coming yeah. whatsoever. And look, if you were to ask me, there probably is. 
better value for money out there. There's probably a, a right back who's around Max Adams' mm. age, who's got a lot of quality, who's got a lot of ability, and is playing in a league that hasn't really got many eyes on them, so would probably cost a fraction of the price that Max yeah. Adams would cost. Yeah. I don't doubt that. But I think with Max Adams, what you're getting is, A, you're getting that Premier League experience already. He's had one season in the Premier League before and he performed really well. Like you said, you're getting that, you know, the, the numbers that he brings in are absolutely unbelievable. You've also got the rapport with Ben Goffrey, which is important. You know, I, I know some people might say, oh, he, you know, so what, he knows Ben Goffrey, etc. But it's, that means he's already got a player in there who we can go to on the first day of training or who we can say, look, introduce me to this, that, the other, what's going on at the club. He's got somebody that can put his arm around him and take him under his wing. Um, I think... Look, Max Adams would cost an awful lot of money. Of course, he would, um, because he's he's in the spotlight. He's there. He's played in the Premier League before. Like you said, his numbers are unbelievable. He's just been promoted with Norwich, so there is going to be a lot of teams that have got eyes on Max Adams, and maybe that'll put Marcel Brands off. Maybe Marcel Brands will go, but you know what? There's yeah. a lad here in Germany or in France who is just as good as Max Adams, just as young, and will cost us a lot less money. And that's you know that's fine if we sign it that said player and they go, you know come in and turn up to be absolutely unbelievable and that's great if we sign them and they turn out to be crap and Max Adams goes to Tottenham mm. and runs the show then there'll be people saying why didn't you just sign Max Adams so I get that there's probably better value for money out there I don't know off the top of my head um, because like I said you know when Marcel Brands brought in Niles in Kunku who again I know hasn't obviously had a lot of game time this season but when he's played he's looked good I didn't know much about Niles and Kunku whatsoever mm. and he come in and he, he's looked really exciting and um, when we brought in Ben Goffrey, I knew he'd had a season at Norwich, but I thought £20 million for the centre-back who's just been relegated, yet he's come in and been our player of the season this season, so I think Max Adams is the easier option, safer option, and I think maybe Everton will look at him and go, do you know what, you know, maybe he's, he's the type of player that we need, he's the type of profile that we need, and he, and he is, We need a, like you said, we need more young, hungry players that are going to come in with a point of view, we're going to want to come in and, you know, change this Everton team, I mean... In terms of the Coutinho stuff, look at what we need in this Everton team. We need energy, we need pace, we need somebody that can take players on, knock the ball past players. We don't need another technically good central midfielder who doesn't move an awful lot. And I'm not saying Coutinho doesn't move an awful lot as you know, like the rest of our midfield do, but he's not. He hasn't really got that dying pace that we need to, for players to knock it, you know, knock it past the player and take players on and create chances. He hasn't got that, so he's exactly what we don't need in this Everton team. I'm not saying he's not a good player, but he's not what we need. Max Adams is what we need. Um, there probably is better value for money out there, but maybe we just bite the bullet with this one and say, Do you know what, we'll spend the money and we'll go out and get one of the best young right backs in, in uh, well, in European football at the moment. Yeah, and I think the thing with Max Owens is he's played in the Premier League last season. Uh, he's part of one of the, well, he's part of the best championship side that the yeah. DFL's yeah. probably seen. The Norwich side he's playing now is, is, is a really good Norwich side. Obviously, he looked good in the Premier League last season. Young, athletic, really good going forward, pretty good defensively. And I think with Owens in, he can come in and he'll know that he'll do the job because he's done it before. He's got experience in the Premier League and he's a, you know, he's that, you know, he's. He's a good, he's a good, um, he's had a good developed um, yeah. time of his career now. He's yeah. not, he's not, he's not as a peak, but he's certainly good enough to come in and do a job. Right? So it wouldn't be as big as a, it wouldn't be a calculated risk to go and spend money on like a, yeah. so, someone might be cheaper, like a, like a, you know, like a Lamptey. Mm. Obviously Lamptey's, he, look, he obviously looked good, but he's in, he's been injured for most of the season. Or like a James Justin, who's, who's worked out really well, but yeah. you know that's another risk. Obviously it didn't cost him much money, but. I think the thing is at Lamptey as well as he plays a lot of his football at right wing back, doesn't he? Yeah, and he's, that he's quite mean, small, isn't he? We have to play a five at the back, and I don't yeah. want to see Everton play a five at the back. And like you said, with, with Allen's there is, you're not just buying Max Allen's at the player he is today. You're buying the Max Allen's of the player mm. that he might be in two years, three years, four years he's time. 20, 22 years old, isn't yeah, he? 20, 20. Yeah, twenty one, I think twenty two yeah. years old. So you 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 buy him, not only what he is today, which is as he got. You know areas to improve on. Absolutely, of course, he has same as Ben Godfrey, has same as Dominic Calvert Lewin has. But you're not just buying. It's not like we're buying Max Adams and it's right. That's Max Adams. That you know he's your final. That's what he is. He won't get any better. You're buying a Max Adams who's very good now and got the potential to be even better mm. in two, three, four years time. And that's the type of profile that Everton need to be going out and getting good, hungry young players who've got a lot of talent now but also have got the potential to be even better in coming years rather than play, buying players that have been very talented and are now on the sort of down spiral of the career. And I get some would say, well, look at Hammers, it worked with Hammers, it did work with Hammers, and it's sound having one of those players in your team. It's not sound having four or five of those players in your team because at this point we just become uh, you know, even slower than we already are now and I don't even think that's physically possible, to be honest, mate. 
Yeah, I agree, to be honest. And I suppose we'll have to wait till the summer and see how it, how it pans out. I just really can't wait for the end of the season because yeah. it, it is just getting depressing now. But <coughs> hopefully we do bring in some... We'll bring in the correct players and not be tempted by some of these big names. Yeah. That'll probably just damage us more, to be honest. End up ones that we we'll are trying to shift in two or three years' time, thinking, why did we sign in? Yeah. But Absolutely. I think we'll finish off on the West Ham game. Uh, this Sunday, isn't it? Four o'clock kick... Half uh, four kick-off. <sighs> <laughs> not feeling confident. I look at our fixtures no. now and I'm thinking, before the Villa game, I was thinking, yeah, we can get 12 points here. <laughs> I only think we'll put three or four points yeah. or six points maybe, two home games left. And to be honest, the home game is probably the tougher game. Yeah. Back, back us more at Etihad, to be honest. Yeah. Um, how do you think we can, obviously West Ham have been so good at home this season and decent away. How can we go and nick three points at at the, uh, the London Stadium. It's going to be hard, mate. It's It's going to be really, really hard. West Ham are in fantastic form. have had a fantastic season. Very resilient team. One thing that David Moyes has brought to West Ham, which makes me quite jealous, to be honest, is consistency. They're, they're very consistently good. They beat the Solid. teams that are below them. They might struggle against the teams that are above them or in and around them, as we've seen with the Chelsea game a couple of weeks ago. The Arsenal game, where they threw the 3-0 lead, but... Anybody below them, they beat them. Even Burnley yesterday, you know, again, he made it difficult in the last 10 minutes, but they got through and they won that game. So I'm really not confident. Our away form has been exceptional this season. It really has. And that gives me an, a little bit more confidence, the fact that it's away from home. If this was at Goodison, then yeah. I'd probably go to bed, to be honest with you. Yeah. Very early. I wouldn't even be interested in watching. And, and like you, I'm, I'm just done with the season now, to be honest. I, I said it on one of our teams the other day. I'm not even interested anymore. If we finish in Europe, boss if we don't finish in Europe boss that's what your, your results like Burnley at home Brighton away Palace at home Villa at home Fulham Newcastle twice that's what these types of results do to you you just get to a point where you go yeah I'm not really interested anymore um, I, I do think for as good as our away record has been this season there's going to come to a point where we lose a game to a better side and we go, actually, do you know what? They're a much more organised side with a lot more yeah. quality. And I fear that that might be this Sunday. I fear that we might all be sitting here this time next week saying, do you know what? They're just a lot better than we are at the moment. And that's shown. It wouldn't put it past Everton to go out and win. West Ham have looked shaky at times. Typically when they get they go ahead and they get the lead and then you know a team's knock one back. I mean, last night against Burnley, Burnley got one back and they sort of... Um, you know, they went a little bit um, shaky. Also, I think Burnley went one up, sorry, but in the last sort of 10 or 15 minutes, uh, Burnley were pushing for the equaliser yeah. with Arsenal the other week. I, I can't remember who it was, dealing with someone else. Um, so I wouldn't put it past me for Everton to go out there and put a performance in and get a result. But that even, that you know, arguably that adds even more frustration to the season because then you're thinking, why couldn't you turn up and yeah. do that against an Aston Villa side that you would have beaten if you'd have turned up and showed a bit of fight? But I just worry that, We'll be sitting here on Monday, despite how good our away record is, and just saying, you know, they're a much better side. They showed a lot more quality. They showed a lot more organisation, discipline. I think is a big word. I think they're a very disciplined mm, squad, yeah. very disciplined group of players. Um, and Everton don't don't seem to be that. We're not that at the moment. So it's going to be extremely difficult. I'm not confident, um, but you know, at least it's on a Sunday, mate, and well, we don't I, get our weekend ruined. Well, well, I think you said before they're a disciplined team, but I think the reason they've done so well. Season obviously said they beat all the teams. They make sure they beat the teams below him. Yeah, that was like that's why Goodison was such a fortress under Moyes years ago because we make sure we win our, most of our own games, especially yeah. the teams below us. But I think this season they've been well drilled, well organised, disciplined. Yeah, um, and they've they've also had the the squads. They've kept the skeleton all season. They've played the same system more or less. Um, like players like Declan Rice and Suchet play next to each other for thirty games in a row yeah. before Declan Rice went out injured. But the manager put a light for light player, and obviously this season we had so many injuries, and not really had light for light players that we're constantly changing the system to try and tactically grind out wins. But I think West Ham's they've been so well drilled and well organised that they've they've done really well. So fair play to them. But I'm I'm normally optimistic, aren't I? and you, I, you can't after getting beaten on by Villa and losing another home game, you can't blame me for not being confident. So I think we'll finish on the score prediction. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, one one nil West Ham. So you can't, how can you can't blame me for being yeah. unconfident or unoptimistic yeah. because we're rubbish because yeah. we are crap. We've got beat two two one at home by Villa. We've won one, one home game. I know it's away. Ten games. But can you are you honestly thinking we can go 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 at West Ham and 
get I almost said go up to the park then <laughs> years ago. Do you think we can go up there and get three points? Um, we might do, but I'm not feeling confident. How about you? Yeah, I'm going to go one all. I'm the same, mate. I'm not feeling confident at all. I just think they will come to a point where, you know, even for as good as our away form is, we'll sit there and go, do you know what? They were just a better team and they performed yeah. a lot better than we did. And, and I feel like it might be this game. Um, I'll go one all, maybe get a, a sneaky draw, take a point from there. Mm. But look, ultimately, this is what Everton does to us, doesn't it? It dejects us of all sorts of hope and all sorts of belief. And Biggest to, letdowns. That, that, to say we're, we're five, six games away from the end of the season and mathematically, take away all of the, the results and the performances, mathematically, we are still within a fight for Europe if we can, if you know, teams drop points and we can pick up points. To say that that's where we are and we're all sort of sitting here thinking, yeah, it doesn't, you know, who's bothered really because it's, ultimately we're only going to get disappointed anyway. Um it just it just shows what Everton do to yeah. you, doesn't it? And yeah, I'm probably gonna go with with one all, maybe take a sneaky point, but I'm not I'm not looking forward to it to be honest. I'd, I'd rather it I'd rather it be away. Uh, if we were at home, I think we'd get trashed. Um, yeah. But Carlo has to make some big decisions now, and by big decisions, I mean these players that don't impact games of football whatsoever can't mm. be playing for Everton. Um, you get know, out. the summer. It's a massive, massive, massive summer now. I, I can't, we can't be having players that are in there because they're professional and they turn up for training every week and they're dead sand in the changing room. That's Bosch, yeah. Meet them in the mm. street, great, shake their hand and go, oh, he's dead sand him, he's a lovely fella. Nothing against them as people, but that doesn't warrant being in this Everton team week in, week out in the Premier League. If you're not a good footballer, you shouldn't be in there no matter how nice you are or how you know well you're playing training. Well, it's a football club. That's it. And we focus far too much on other things. Some of yeah. the stuff, other stuff that we do is great. Absolutely, but we're a football club. Stop being stop, stop absolutely piss footing around with these rubbish players. Get them yeah. out the door and get some proper quality. In. Absolutely, have I- some. Have some guts. That's it. And, and that's why Carlo takes blame for the Villa game. Because for as much as we can say they're not his players, great. For as much as we can say mm. the bench was dejected, great. He still watched that first half and determined mm. at half-time that he didn't need to make a substitution. Now, that mm. saying those words out my mouth baffles me. Because I sat there at half-time and said, I'd make three substitutions right now. Yeah. I sat, sat there on 20 minutes and said, bring Gary Meenan on and change that defence. We might not have won the game, but we'd have been a lot more stable for the rest of it. But he didn't, he watched it, and I don't know why he did that, I don't know whether he didn't think that it needed changing, or whether he thought, no, I don't want to change it in case it upsets players, but the reality of the situation is, sometimes you have to upset players to go and get results, and we've seen it over the numbers, Carlo Ancelotti's done it before in his career, he's upset players to get results, and to yeah. win trophies, and to win leagues, and it worked for him, and, and ultimately... Half an hour later, the player who he's upset's fine because we've won the game and he's dead happy and we're, we're on a good run of form. But I don't know. I don't know why he didn't make a substitute when he should have done. Um, but yeah, like you said, be a bit more cutthroat. If if we turn up in the first 20 minutes against West Ham and we're absolutely dead for them, we're getting overran and there's a certain player who's making mistake after mistake, just take them off. Bring somebody else on, change it. Don't wait until we're 1-0 down and then go, I'm going to take you off on 60 minutes because you look a bit tired. No, take them off and go, you've been shite, mate, so you're coming off. Mm. But will we ever? I know mathematically we're still in the fight for Europe, but I, th- I personally think we've thrown it No, I think out. it's over. I think it's and over. It, and it's completely our fault. Yeah, absolutely. It's not because the other teams have been great, because the other teams around us keep dropping points, but we just... Well, look, look at the goals we've conceded. Mm. We, we've conceded three goals really, in three games. Really, all three of them goals. have been... No, sorry, four goals in three games, mm. and all four of them have been defensive mistakes. The two against Tottenham... The one against shopping. Palace as well. The Palace goal, defensive mistake... Mm. The Ollie Watkins' goal the other day was shocking. Mm. And even El Ghazi goal, Coleman basically stands there yeah. and goes, yeah, have a shot there. Mm. If I'm Jordan Pickford, by the way, I'm absolutely furious at that Everton defence. No, one, no one's saving that, are they? That's what I mean, but he's put in a 10 out of 10 performance. He saved everything. And the one shot where a player just needs to stand up and go, no, you're not taking that shot. They've let him go, go on, curl it in, and he can't do anything about it. I'd have been in the dressing room going, you're all a joke, an absolute joke. I've saved you mm. six, seven times there, and you've just completely stood off. You know, OK, El Ghazi's not world-class or one of the best players in the world, but he's obviously got the ability to curl it in. Another frustrating thing before we finish, mate, on that is, why don't we have any players that do that? Why don't we have any players that can stand on the edge of the box? Bar yeah, and Hammers, who we've already talked about, 
Nobody else just stands and goes, I'm going to kill this one front corner. Every time we have a shot, it lands you'd, in my you'd, backyard. You'd think so with some of the money we've spent on players like Iwobi, <coughs> and then you see Iwobi shot That's like it. the box That's that it. went out the stadium. That's it. I, I, I said on, on the, the instant match reaction, El Ghazi is probably one of Villa's best players. And a Villa fan commented and said he's not even in the top 10 best players. Now, Vast and Villa, a decent club, a decent team, but let's be honest, a mid-table Premier League team. If their 10th best player can do that, then how haven't Everton got more than one player in the start mm. 11? That can do that. We don't it's, score many goals from outside the box, do we? I, we don't I, score I, I many goals unless it's from five yards out or headers. I, I think only Hammers. Hammers has scored outside the box this season. <laughs> yeah, less than he did, didn't he? Yeah. Rich Allison scored outside the box against Leicester. Leicester away, he? yeah. Um, Took a deflection, didn't it? Sigurdsson scored against Blackpool in pre season with a free kick. Well, that's it. Well, our, our goals, the majority of them have come from that. Six. I mean, I mean, think Dom, Dominic Calvert Lewin hasn't scored a goal from further than ten yards this no. season. But that's that's that because that's because of the, the type of players he's poacher yeah, yeah. and he's brilliant on set pieces. So why don't we get down the wing and whip balls exactly. in the box? Exactly. You you play to his strength. Stop trying to because Sims dropping so deep just to get a touch on the ball. Exactly. And that's Give fine. Him the chances. That's fine for Dom if he's going to score all of his goals from five mm. six yards out. That's great. But sometimes you won't be able to do that mm. because, like you said, teams will defend against it or teams will suss it out quickly. So then you need a plan B, a plan C. You need to then say, right, you're gonna, you're good from outside the box here, so you take it. Gilfie Sigurdsson typically is a very good uh, striker of the ball from outside the box, yet he must shoot once every 15 games. Mm. Say to Gilfie Sigurdsson, right, they're, they're marking Dom out the game a little bit here. He can't get the space in the six-yard box. So when you get it 20 yards out, lace your foot through it. Say the same to Hammers. We just it we seem to just have plan if it falls to Dom in the six yard box he'll score and if not then we won't mm. score and that and that's it. Um Hopefully we get someone in the summer who can do everything because this squad I'm fed up watching this squad. <laughs> who really cares about what, what happens at the end of the season now? We've thrown away Europe so who cares about West Ham. Beat the chases is back on so Yeah, exactly. Let's just hurry up and get to the summer and start fresh and Get some new signings in, then we can all get our hopes up again, and then get them prob- destroyed again, like we did. Probably sat here next season, going, "Let's just wait till the <laughs> yeah, the but same situation." Hopefully, finish top ten next season. Yeah, at least we beat Liverpool at Anfield this season. I mean, yeah, that's some, there's a got, positive. To and we got the iconic picture and the iconic yeah, mouse mat out of it. it. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Thank you very much for listening to the Toby TV Everton podcast. Thanks for Cam for coming in. Cam will, will be back next week, and um, probably do some shows with us today also. Uh, make sure you check out his, his channel at The Mighty Blues on YouTube. Um, if you want more Toby TV vid- videos, including live exclusive videos, every day we go live, so head over to Patreon. It's very fun. Um, get involved. So, uh, yeah, thanks very much for watching, and we'll see you later. <laughs>